Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you. I'm so thankful that you joined us. Today, we're going to do lesson two of our Heaven's Library, Books and More series that we're trying to do here. And today, as I mentioned, these are in no particular order other than the very first lesson and the lesson that we will do at the very end of this series. And in the first lesson, we talked about the eternal and unchanging Word of God Himself, and that that is the standard, that is the most important of the books, maybe only including with it the last book that we will look at. Today we're going to look in Lesson 2 at the book of life of a person. The book of life for each person that's born is what we're talking about here. Now, how do we know that there is such a book? Scripture refers to it. So let's look at Psalm chapter 139. And I want to begin the reading in verse 13 and read through verse 18. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So this scripture passage speaks of a book of life for each person, a book of our days. You could call it that if you prefer. But in his book, they are written, even the very days that he has fashioned or ordained or crafted on our behalf. It's God's book. You know, we think about maybe a mom or a grandmom or a granddad or a daddy that has a brag book, carrying maybe in a pocket or in a purse a brag book. You've got pictures You've got perhaps some scrapbooks or some notations about those pictures and you carry those throughout maybe your child or your grandchild's life. And you're, you know, it's kind of like you're showing it off. You're, you're excited about your child. You're excited about their accomplishments. You're excited about your plans for them, your hopes for them, your dreams for them. Think of it that way, that God has written a book for each one of us Every single person. Notice that this is speaking of when we were created in the womb, that God created us, God made us, God was intricately involved with the formation and the development of every single person, including you, my friend. And God saw us before we were even formed when we were still in that seed form, before that seed had even divided and begun to develop. And notice this, in your book, it says, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So way at your very conception, at your very creation, 
God wrote this book for you, this book of life, or this book of the days for you. Think of the joy that God had when you were made inside the womb. How beautiful. He rejoiced over you. He was excited to write the book of his plans and purposes for your life. He planned beautiful and precious things for you to do, for you to enjoy, and beautiful people for you to have in your life. Now, beloved friend, I want to point this out because I know that some that may hear this message have not had the kind of life that God had ordained in the beginning for them when he rejoiced over them being created. That may be you. Maybe you didn't have beautiful people in your life to enjoy. Maybe you were abused or harmed or abandoned. Fallen people commit such acts. Fallen people sin. And we live in a world where there's a lot of sin and brokenness. But God heals pains and wounds and redeems your life when you come to him. And so even if it wasn't that way prior to now, God can redeem your life. God can take those pains and those wounds and heal them and give you a brand new fresh start. So what might this book include? Well, scripture only speaks of its existence and of the fact that God does it. But certainly biology might tell us some of what may be there. For instance, perhaps this book of our life is a collection and a recording of our DNA code. Because the DNA code in you is unique and specific to you. There's no one like you. DNA is the deoxyribonucleic acid. I'm trying to pronounce that. You don't want to say that fast. And it's not a stretch to believe that God may have this in the book of the days that were fashioned for you. Because our God keeps inventory of everything. And we see that as we look into this series on the library, so to speak. That's just what we're calling. It's, it's his keeping of inventory of everything included in his inventory of you would be the very hairs on your head. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 27 through 31 says this, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. God's care and inventory of each and every one of us is what's stressed here, even including the very hairs of our heads. There's science info that gives us information on the DNA. It's a spiral, double-stranded helix. It is the main construct of heredity or of our gene and our genetic code. It is consisting of self 
replicating material in our bodies as the main constituent and carrier of genetic information for the development and functioning of the person and the cell. Fundamental and unique characteristics and qualities of an individual person regarded as unchangeable are encoded in this DNA for you. And it is unique and specific to you. It tells things like the details of your eye color, your height, your skin pigmentation, etc. Cell division is what causes the strand to be replicated. Each strand divides from its mate, so to speak, and replicates itself. And the genetic material is duplicated every time. The approximate width of a DNA strand is small. It's approximately two billionth of a meter. Human hair, on the other hand, being about 40,000 times that width. One strand stretched out is approximately two meters long or approximately six and a half feet long. All DNA from the cells in a human body approximate twice the diameter of the solar system that we live in. God's great accounting and keeping of inventory is shown in this book that we are looking at or considering, told to us in Psalm 139. He keeps these inventories, perhaps in this individual person's book of life or book of days, along with the hairs of their head, for instance. Their blood type is another thing that may be in this book. Also, each person's days and times and seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 speaks of different times and seasons. To everything there is a time and to everything a season. And there, it gives many different types of examples. A time to be born, for instance. In that book, I believe your time to be born is in there. Perhaps even your time to die, because Ecclesiastes speaks of the time appointed for us to die. There is a time or a season. There's a time to mourn, a time to rejoice, a time to plant, a time to sow, a time to reap. There are all kinds of times and seasons and days described in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Also in Psalm chapter 31, verse 15, it says, My times are in your hand, in God's hand. So God has written down all of our times, all of our days. The days are written in his book for us and fashioned for us. Before there was ever even one of them, God had crafted them, molded them into shape, like a potter would do with his vessel. It speaks of how these are embroidered also, variegated and woven before even you were born, before there was even the very first one of your days. God creates and makes each person, each baby in the womb, beautiful and perfect when he makes us. He gives us the DNA that we need, the exact code that we need. He writes down his plans, his desires for us, his purposes for us, the days that we will live on this earth and gives us the opportunity to use those days to know him 
to grow closer to him and to fulfill his purpose for us. And when we become born again, then the Holy Spirit can bring those days and God's plan for us to life in us because he's the one that's given us the DNA and formed us to do certain things. He's made us individual and he's made us for his purposes and for accomplishing good in this life. And when we give our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and he becomes our Lord, then we connect and we become aware of his plans and his purposes that are good for us. Praise be to God. Let's look at a few other scriptures. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, for instance, it says this, God is speaking to Jeremiah and he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God is now bringing the revelation to Jeremiah of who he is, that God formed him, God made him, God knew him, and wrote the days that were fashioned for him in his book. And those were for Jeremiah to become a prophet to the nations. That was God's plan. And so God has made him now aware of that plan that he had for him. In Jeremiah 29, a verse we love to quote in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know, God is speaking here again. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Perhaps God's plan for each person, for this good, for this future and this hope, is another thing that is written in this book of life or book of days for each person. Psalm 139 that we started out with is a beautiful scripture. If you deal with self-worth or your self-esteem, this is a beautiful scripture for you to remember and memorize. Psalm 139 verse 14. In that scripture, the author is saying, marvelous are your works. Now he's talking about God creating him. God forming him in his mother's womb. God being the one that has crafted him and made him. And he says, marvelous are your works. Talking about the creation of him. That God's work to make you, to create you, to give you life is marvelous. And he says, marvelous are your works, O Lord. And that my soul knows very well. In other words, it gives him the self-worth, realization, and truth that will set free, that will set him free, that will set someone else free from low self-esteem and self-deprecation. Beloved friend, let this verse set you free if you struggle with a low self-esteem. This verse also reminds us that God has established purpose for us. We have a purpose in our life. Our primary purpose is to know him, to know him in a real relationship, and then to be able to fulfill the things in life that will bring God glory and will bring us pleasure and enjoyment and fulfillment. This establishes purpose for us, and it also establishes worth for us. As Jesus indicated in passages such as 
Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 32. We are of more value than the birds and the lilies to God. That doesn't mean God doesn't care about the birds and it doesn't mean God doesn't care about the flowers. It simply means that we are a higher priority, that he loves us more than them. He cares for us more than them and we have more value than they do according to the truth of God's word. You are special. You have a purpose and you are worth Jesus dying for you. He said that. I don't say that. His word says that. Praise be to God. Now, some might speak of predestination. I want us to examine that topic before we completely close this episode, because I believe that this has been misunderstood in several ways. And some people even take it to an extreme and believe that, well, we're all predestined. If you're if you're predestined in, in a sense, like you're handpicked by God to be one of his children, then you're going to come in, you're going to get saved, but everybody else, there's no point in even evangelizing. There's no point in telling everybody about the good news of Jesus Christ because we're already predestined. That is not what scripture teaches. That is not what predestination means. I want us to examine this and I want to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 23 through 30. It says this, not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, meaning the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So in here, he shows us a sequence or an order in understanding what he means by predestined. So in other words, he says that he foreknew us. He foresaw, knew us beforehand, and he predestined us. He predetermined, determined in advance, appointed, and predestined us for the purpose of each person being conformed to Jesus image. He called, he invited, and chose us as his own. And then those that respond, he has justified by faith alone. And he teaches that in Romans 1 through 5. And then in the end, we will be glorified, secured with our place in heaven, our names written in his book, his Lamb's book of life, in heaven after this life ends. Every single person has this 
opportunity. Every single person is given this opportunity, but God, knowing the end from the beginning, knows the people who will choose him. It's not him overriding our free will because he gave man the choice in the two trees. That's why he put the two trees in the midst of Eden to begin with so that Adam and Eve had a free will and a choice to make. And God knew that. So when they chose wrongly, God already had before the world even began the plan of redemption so that we could be redeemed to him, we could be reconciled to him. And if you read through to the end of Revelation, you will see that we're restored to that perfect condition like was in Eden in Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22 are what I like to call the bookends of the Bible. And so God brings us all the way back, all who will choose him. But it's your choice. It's every person's choice. Every person has the opportunity and has been predestined in the sense that God has already laid out the plan for them and will accept every person who will believe and who will call and be saved by calling upon the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 through 13 tells us about that and how people are saved by receiving the word of truth, the gospel that's preached to them, believing it, confessing sin, asking God to forgive us, and putting our faith in his atoning work alone. And that is how we are justified by faith alone. Every single person is given this opportunity, and every single person is accepted and predestined in that sense. But it is not forced upon anyone. You have a free will. God simply knows the end from the beginning. He knows who will choose him. And those are the ones that are spoken of in Romans chapter 8 as being predestined. Lastly, I want to consider this final point. Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12 is called the author and the finisher of our faith. The author is the one that's the chief leader or the captain, the prince, or it does mean author, the writer of our story, the originator of it. And he is the finisher, the one who completes and perfects it. So Jesus brings our true story to pass. He will bring us to the end of our journey, and then we will enjoy eternity with him. He's the author and finisher of our faith journey with him. He wrote your book before you were ever born. And when you come to know him, he connects with you into what you are to accomplish and who he made you to be. For you are unique and special. You are that special to God. There is a book of life or a book of days specifically for you in heaven's library. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and you can tune in for more episodes of this series and of other messages that we bring from Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.